Welcome to C3 Church Tubra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. fantastic it is to be a part of the family of God in church and over these last four weeks I guess if there's a revelation that we want you to go home with it's this is that you are a child of God and that you have a father everyone say that I'm a child of God and I have a father and he loves me yeah see we talked about when God, when we were created in the garden, that God walked with us in the garden. He walked with us in the cool of the evening. He walked with us. He was intimate with us. He was with us. He was talking with us. He was walking with us. We were his children. He was our father. He created us for relationship. Everyone say relationship. The word of God is all about relationship. Kingdom of God is all about relationship. Church is all about relationship. God walked with us in the cool of the evening, it said, until one day man decided to sin against God and rebel against God and man hid from God. And the whole Bible, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, this book here, the whole story is about God looking for his kids. It's what it's about. If anyone wants to know, what is the Bible about? The whole Bible is about a a loving father searching for his kids that are still hiding. And you know, we can come into the church and, and we can be born again and we can give our hearts to the Lord and the bridge back to the Father is reintroduced through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We come back into relationship with our Father. But you know what? We're damaged. We are damaged people. And a lot of water has gone under the bridge from when we were first conceived in our mother's womb to the day that we meet our father and are born again into his kingdom. And if you're not born again tonight, tonight you'll have a chance to be one of God's kids. Amen. But a lot of water has gone under the bridge and a lot of things have happened since the time that you were conceived in your mother's womb to the time that you're born again and you get to meet your father. And so we can only present to our father what we have and what we've been given and what's been dished out to us. But ultimately, the journey of our Christian life is that we would go from glory to glory to glory to ever-increasing glory to be like his son. And the son was the exact representation of the father, but the son was also showing us what it would be like to be back in that garden and to walk with our father again with no hiding, with no barriers, with nothing in our hearts that would separate us from the love that he wants to give us. Can you imagine what it's like right now to be your father in heaven And having all this love to give you 
and the barriers and the wounds in your own heart block him and stop him from loving you as much as he wants to. You know, I'm sure heaven is full of his tears as he cries over you, as he watches you as you sleep, as he longs to hold you, as he longs to speak to you, as he longs to come alongside of you, as he longs to tell you the truth about all the lies that you believe about yourself, as he longs to bring you into close relationship, as he longs to walk in that garden with you again in intimacy. His heart bleeds for his kids. And it doesn't stop when we're born again. This journey, this searching, this, this incredible, extravagant father who searches for his kids. It doesn't stop when we're born again. He continues to search for us. He continues to bring us out of hiding until one day it says that we will stand before him we will be made perfect. We will see him as he is. He will, we, he will see us and we will be made in his image and we will stand before him and there'll be nothing between us. This flesh will be dealt with. This old body will be gone. My stuff will be gone. And I can love my daddy and my daddy can love me. woo I can't wait for that day. Amen. And so the word of God is this story about this father searching and see Jesus told parables he was trying to he wanted to introduce the father the disciples said to him how should we pray and he said pray in this manner our father who art in heaven it was the first time it was before it was Yahweh and I am and there are all these names for God but now Jesus comes and said I'm going to tell you the real name of this God and his name is our father our Father who art in heaven. Amen. And so Jesus wanted desperately to bring us into relationship with the Father. Not that we would just have salvation and get to heaven and get a ticket to heaven, but he would bring us back into relationship. That's why in John 17, he prayed, Father, make them one as you and I are one. Father, let them be one. Let them know you as I know you. Let them know us. Let them be one together with us. Let them know the relationship and the fellowship that we had. And we talked last week about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit being the perfect family being the perfect kingdom family and the representation of the perfect family and the perfect community and the perfect society. Let them be one as we are one. So the revelation of us being children of God is so much bigger than just a goosebump or a, you know, a, a nice feeling during worship. God wants to get down inside your heart and love you, amen. He wants to love every bit of you, not just some of you, not just what you present, not just what you feel is acceptable to show him. He sees it all anyway. There is no hiding. There's nowhere to hide from God. There's nowhere to hide from God. He knows everything. He knows your stuff and he still loves you. He knew you were a sinner before he sent Jesus to die for you. It's not a surprise to him that you still sin. He loves you. Amen. And so Jesus, in his, in his quest to reveal the Father to us, he tells this story. And Jesus would tell stories. He was a perfect storyteller and he would tell parables. And in the story, he would try to bring revelation. He would speak to us like children so that we would get revelation about children, about us being children of God, amen? And in this story here in um, one, uh, no, Luke 15, 
He's, we have the story of the prodigal son. That's what we call it, the story of the prodigal son. And I'm going to read it to you in a minute for those of you who don't know this story. But it's an incredible story. Don't put it up yet. It's an incredible story about, you know, we say it's the story of the prodigal son. The story of a son who goes away and sins and then comes back to his father. But I want to ask you this question. Is it the story of the prodigal son only? Or could it be the story of two sons? When I read the story, there are two sons in the story. And they're both a bit messed up. You know, one's righteous and self-righteous and proud and stuck and the other one just expresses himself a little differently but they're both messed up (laughs) or perhaps it could be the story of an incredibly extravagant father with two sons who he loves exactly the same and who he longs to get a revelation of his love so that they would have his full inheritance not just what they perceive it to be. So that they would have the full salvation, not just what they perceive it to be. So that they would have his full love, not just what they perceive it to be. Two sons, one father. Perhaps this is a story of an extravagant father who longs to lavish his love on two sons. And perhaps the two sons are you and I. You know, when the Word of God speaks of sons, it speaks of sons and daughters. It's okay, guys. You're the bride of Christ anyway. One day you will wear a veil, Luke. So that's all cool. There's neither male nor female. It's all right. It's all cool. It says in 1 John 3, 1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. He's lavished. He wants to lavish it on us. Let's read this story with that in mind. Everybody say, two sons, one extravagant father, lots of love to give, and heaps of revelation. Let's go. And I'm going to read out of the Message Bible because it's like just more easier. You can turn those bodies off if you want. Then he said, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided property between them, and it wasn't long before the son packed his bags and left for a distant country. Let me just say this right now. Inheritance just isn't about money. Inheritance just isn't about salvation. There's more. Amen. Um, And he left for a distant country. There, there, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all throughout that country, and he began to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to the fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. Everyone say that brought him to his senses. Well, that gave him a revelation. He said, all these farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father, 
and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against God, I've sinned before you, I don't deserve to be called your son, take me as a higher hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him, his heart pounding. He ran out, embraced him, kissed him. The son started his speech, Father, I have sinned against God. I've sinned before you, and I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to the servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here, given up for dead and now alive, given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. Enter son two. Everyone say, enter son two. Okay. All this time, the oldest son was out in the field. When the day's work was done, he came in. As he approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. And calling over to one of the houseboys, he asked what was going on. He told him, your brother came home. Your father has ordered a feast, barbecued beef, because he is, <laughs> it's great, men's connect, because he, he has him home safe and sound. And the older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. And his father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. And the son said, look, how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief, but have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then this son of yours who has thrown away your money on hordes and shows up, you go out on all, in an all-out feast. And his father said, son, you don't understand. You're with me all the time, and everything that is mine is yours. But this is a wonderful time and we have to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he's found. Here's some revelations for you out of this story. Number one revelation. The son who thought that he was getting his inheritance, but actually he was only getting money, said, I want my portion of my inheritance now. He didn't realize how much more was in that inheritance if he just understood what it was to be a son. You see, but he, he never positioned himself as a son unto his father to receive the full inheritance. All he could think about is what he could get out of him. But he never thought about, how can I position myself as a true son in my father's house as an heir of this home? Never got the revelation. So he says, just give me the money and I'm gone. And off he goes and he, of course, has a bad time of it. Here he is, he's sitting with pigs, he's... He's at the end of himself. And he gets this revelation. And the revelation is this. He gets a revelation of what he had not been. He says, I am not worthy to be called your son. I have not been a son. I've been someone that's lived in your house. I've been someone that's eaten your food. I've been someone that's, that's taken everything that you've given me treated you terribly, but I have not positioned myself ever as a son in my heart towards you, Father. I am not worthy to be called your son. And with that revelation, he goes home to the Father. You know, when we get a revelation like that in our hearts, that perhaps I haven't positioned myself properly 
as your son, Father, as your daughter, Father. Our Father in heaven comes running out to meet us. He is not, he, he knows before we even come. That Father knew the Son was coming. He saw him afar off. He knew he was coming. The Father knows the minute that we begin to get a revelation that I need to position myself as a son or a daughter of God. I don't just need to visit his house. I don't just need to eat his food. I don't just need to begrudgingly do chores for him. But I need to position myself as a son. I need to get a revelation of what I am not before I can get a revelation of what I am. Mm. You know, we look at the other son. We have a look at the other son. And we see the other son. He's been slogging his guts out. He's been working hard trying to please the father. He does everything the fa- he thinks the father's going to be pleased with him about. He's working hard. He's working to get approval. He's working to get appreciation. He's there. He's doing it all. But he still doesn't have a revelation of the heart of a son. The father turns to him and said, everything I have is yours. It was here all the time. But you never positioned yourself as a son to me. You positioned yourself as a slave, as a hired hand. You positioned yourself as one who had to work to get my approval, who had to strive for me to love you. And I'm trying to love you, but you could never receive it because all you did was work for it. I couldn't get through to you that you are my son and that I love you. I had so much inheritance to give you. You know, I was asking God about this the other day. So beautiful. Let me tell you this. In our lives, in our Christian lives, we need constant God moments. We need regular God moments. We need those moments where we just sit and God just comes and goes, bam. And it's like the lights turn on and we are, our Father is walking in the garden with us again speaking to us in the cool of the day and a revelation comes. And I, I was just sitting on my lounge. I was reading the story of the prodigal son. And he said to me, Julie, there's areas of your heart where you have not positioned yourself as a son, as a daughter. To me, I said, what? Don't be ridiculous. And he said to me, Your father was very loving, wasn't he? Your earthly dad. I said, yes, he was. He was. He was a very loving man. And so you don't have trouble coming to me and knowing that I love you, do you? You He was very affectionate. You don't have trouble coming to me and knowing that I'll be affectionate with you, do you? I said, no. Oh, no. You know, just awesome. And he says, but your dad was an alcoholic. And your dad did not have control of your household. And with six kids and an alcoholic, 
when things went, got out of control, he could not control it. And you felt vulnerable in an out of control house. And so you took yourself out of the role of a daughter and you put yourself in the role of a parent. You took on your father's role and said, I'll bring control to this house. And I remember at eight years old, tipping my father's whiskey down the sink and filling it with water. I remember him chasing me around the house. Where's my whiskey? Ah! I remember, Julie, she's been at it again. I remember standing there when he's downing three scotches before he's going to drive an hour to work, crying, please, Daddy, please, Daddy, don't do that. Don't drive. Don't drive when you've been drinking. Shut up. Get out of my face, kid. So I said, okay, I'll take control of this house then. Right, I'm the middle child, I can organise all these kids. And if I keep them all quiet, and I keep them all good, he won't get upset and he won't drink. And he'll want to come home more. And when he's home, he'll want to spend time with us. He won't just go up into the lounge room and play, what about me? It isn't fair. He was like a soppy drunk. And so he would just take his bottle of scotch and his what about me, it isn't fair record, and put it on repeat all night. You know? And us kids are downstairs going, hmm. And so I'd go up there. Come on, Dad, let's put some different music on. And I would just like take control of the house. And see, God showed me that. God showed me. That's why, Jules, when things are out of control, you feel like you've got to control everything. You've got to control everybody. You've got to make things right. Everything's going to get out of order. It's going to be chaotic because there's no father in the house, is there? And he said, guess what? Father's in the house. (laughs) And then he said to me, what about the era of protection? You know, when, you, when your brother was hurting you, where was your dad? When you had a boyfriend that used to beat you up, where was your dad? When kids were bashing you up at school and you had to leave school at 14 because of the abuse, where was your dad? My dad didn't protect me. And so I have to protect myself. And so that part of my heart, that protection area of my heart, was a place I still hid from God. Because fathers don't protect. I have to protect myself. If the bullies come near me, I'm going to fight them off. If anyone tries to hurt me, I'm going to fight them off. I'm going to fight for myself. Daddies don't protect you. Daughters protect themselves. Daughters take on the role of the protector now because the daughter is not protected. And he said, guess what? I am the father that protects you. Nothing will by any means harm you. I went, whoa. And then he said, what about quality time? Quality time. I mean, when your dad was home, he was drunk and he really didn't spend much time and he yelled a lot. You know, he he was lovely, but there were six kids. He couldn't give quality time to all those kids. He was always a a wreck. What about quality time? Do you think that I ever just want to sit with you? Just you? Not all the kids? 
Not the whole six of them lined up. But you, do you think I ever want to take you out on a daughter date? You, me, daddy, daughter, you and me, just us. Daughter date, quality time. Do you think I'm too busy for you? Do you think there's too many others to worry about for you to need looking up? Do you think that you're least important and they're more important than you? Wow, guess what? Daddy wants to spend time with you. Guess what? Daddy wants a daughter date with you. Guess what? You're my favorite today. So, so I'm just sitting there on the lounge in my lounge room the other day going, he said, what about words? My father was from the silent generation. Didn't say anything. Nice weather. That's it. No, there was never this, like Craig. I mean, when I hear Craig talk to his girls and the things that he writes on Facebook and then I think, oh, he's such a mushy dad. He's just... So good with words and Frank, Frank is like And he said, What about words? I don't remember any words from my dad. He said, I've got lots of words to say. I want to talk to you. I'm a God who speaks. I'm a God who's got encouraging words for you. I'm a God who wants to lift you up. My love language is words, by the way words of um, affirmation. And so I need to hear my daddy's words. Otherwise, I feel like my love tank is low. And I just thought, wow. I said, okay, God, how do I do this? And he said this to me. He said this, you need to receive, number one. You need to receive the revelation. And my people need to receive the revelation of the areas of their heart that they don't actually let me in because of wrong parenting. Receive revelation. Then you need to repent. I said, well, it's not my fault. Yes, but you repented. You need to repent of abdicating your daughter role and taking on your father's role. And you need to repent of doing my job and not doing yours. So, okay, I can do that. And then you need to forgive. You should forgive your dad. Well, I've forgiven my dad thousands of times, but I forgave him again anyway. I love him to pieces. He's in heaven now. Thank you, Lord. Then you need to reposition yourself. So I need to reposition myself as a daughter in the areas of control, in the areas of words, in the areas of quality time, in the areas of protection. I need to continuously reposition myself and say to God, God, I feel scared right now, feel like I need to protect myself, but I'm going to read your scriptures until I reposition myself to know that you are my protector. You're the one who protects me. You reposition yourself as a daughter or as a son in that area of your heart. And then he said, and then release. And such a freedom is going to come to us and to me when we release these areas of our hearts, when we release these areas of our, of our past and our hearts and our wrong thinking and our concepts of God, such a release is going to come to us as children of God, and such a release is going to come 
to our Father to love us, to love us the way we need to be loved, to love us the way that we deserve to be loved. Do you think that I deserve to be protected? Do you think that I deserve to have words spoken to me? Do you think that I deserve some quality time? Do you think that I deserve, what was the other one? Do you think I deserve someone to take control of my life when things are chaotic? I deserve that because I'm a child of God and my daddy loves me. How great is the love that he has lavished on us that we should be called children of God because that is what we are. That is what we are. Thank you, Lord. You know, the way that we position ourselves like this and we get a revelation of these areas in our hearts and we reposition ourselves and we repent and reposition ourselves, this is going to affect every relationship in our lives. I'm speaking to parents right now. However you relate to your Father in heaven, or don't relate to him is how you will parent your children or your grandchildren. Young people, however you relate to your father in heaven or however you don't relate to your father in heaven is how you're gonna choose your future wife or husband, right or wrong. How are you gonna build friendships? How are you gonna build a relationship? How can we be brothers and sisters if if we cannot get this right, we've got to get this right first. And I think he's so beautiful. He's so gentle. He's so sweet. You know, many of us have had situations with our dads. You know, you may be even the old brother and you may feel jealous and competitive and self-righteous and cranky when other people get attention and when some sinner walks into the church and the pastors talk to them and not me. You know, unless we become sons, we'll never learn how to become fathers. And those of you who are aspiring to ministry and who are aspiring to train others up, if you don't learn how to become a son and position yourself right under God, you will become an older brother and you will never raise other people up. You'll be jealous of everybody else. You'll be competitive. You'll be vying for the attention of peers and leaders and people you know, wanting pats on the back all the time. You'll never find your own identity if you don't position yourself properly as a son or a daughter of God in the first place. We have to learn how to be sons and daughters before we become fathers and mothers. And that's both naturally and spiritually. And it's never too late. Look at me. I'm not telling you how old I am, but look at me. I'm a grandmother and I'm still learning how to be a daughter. Still learning how to be my daddy's little girl. And I'm a grandmother. He never stops. He never stops. You know, let's think about it right now for a minute. Let's, let's ask our Father right now to just bring revelation. Just everybody closing your eyes. Just ask the Lord. You know, the first step in that was receive. Receive revelation. Just close eyes right across the room. You know, maybe you had a critical father. And maybe your father criticized you a lot. 
You never got that encouragement from him. You never could do anything right. You never felt like you were good enough. Tonight, you need to take that before God. Maybe you had an unpleasable father. Maybe he was angry and cranky. Maybe he was violent. Maybe he was absent. Maybe you just didn't even know a father or the father that you did have was absent. Maybe your father died when you were little and he just wasn't around. And so you feel like, well, you know, God's just not going to be there for me. Maybe your father was silent and didn't talk. Maybe your father was distant. Perhaps you feel like the older brother today. We just feel like, you know, we just feel like I'm just working, working, working. I never feel, I never feel that love. God, we want the full inheritance. We want the full inheritance tonight. Thank you, Lord. Right now, why don't you just, just receive that revelation of those areas in your heart and bring them before God right now. Bring them before God right now. Thank you, Lord. You know, when the, when the, when the son came home, the father he put a robe around his shoulders. The robe around his shoulders was acceptance. He put a ring on his finger was authority to do business in the Father's name. Identity. He gave him honor. He gave him respect. He put shoes on his feet. And in that day, if you didn't wear shoes, you were a slave. Only sons wore shoes. He put shoes on his feet, declared he was a son, that he belonged. He put the shoes of peace upon him. He gave him righteousness. And you know, the greatest thing he gave him was a party. You know, there's a lot of young people here right now, and you just think your father never wants you to have a party. But I want to tell you this, when you get a revelation of the true inheritance of God and you reposition your heart towards him, you will party for the rest of your life. You will party for, the, there is no greater party, there is no greater joy than wholeness in God. Father, we just come before you right now in Jesus' name, just while we're sitting here, while we're just sitting in your presence, oh God, we ask you to bring revelation these areas in our hearts, God. And Father, we're going to come through a time where we're going to repent, where we've taken on other roles, where we've abdicated our roles as sons and daughters and we've taken on roles as fathers. Father, we want to abdicate those roles and we want to position ourselves before you as sons and daughters again. And then, Father, we want to reposition ourselves as your kids in every area of our hearts. And then we want to release, we want you to release something over us. I'm just going to get um, a song while you're just sitting there, I just want you to close your eyes. Just let this song wash over you and let God just begin to examine your hearts. Just you and God, just one-on-one. -on -one.
bring these things before you that you're revealed into our hearts right now, God. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Say, Father, I bring my heart before you and the areas of my heart where I'm still hiding from you. I receive revelation. Thank you, Lord. And I repent, Lord, from abdicating my role as a son, as a daughter, and taking on a wrong role. I move out of that role right now. And I reposition myself as a son, as a daughter of the Most High God. You are my Father. I am your child. Now, whatever it is that you had in your heart, whether it was that you were not protected, that he was, whatever it is, say, God, I know that you will, and then say the things that you need to say. I'm going to say, I know you will protect me. I know that you will spend time with me. I know that you are going to love me. I know that you're going to speak words to me. I know that you're going to bring control to my life and order to my life. Just go right now. Just go say, I know you're going to and say the things that are in your heart to him. Yeah, Pastor Phil's saying provision is a huge one where fathers didn't provide for you. I know you're going to do that for me, God. I trust you. I position myself in the place of a child and I let go. And now I just want you to lift your hands up to God like this and say, and I release it. I release it to you, Father. All the burdens, all the weights, all the heaviness, all the worry, all the striving, all the fear, all the anxiety, to you, God, and I say I trust you. You are Abba, Father, my Daddy, and you love me, and I give you space and room to love me, and I want to walk with you without hiding, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing to him tonight. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3tugra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.